Hi everybody, it's Sports Council. We're back and we're in business. I'm Matthew. I'm Vivek, and today we're going to be talking about free agency, which starts tomorrow, actually. Yeah, it feels like Christmas for the NBA season, honestly, <laughs> because uh, we've got a lot of marquee free agents on the board, and we're basically going to do a little bit of a primer. We're going to predict some of the top free agents, where they're going, how does that really impact teams and the players. So we're going to start off with the enigmatic Kyrie Irving, who was the former Boston Celtics point guard and a superstar. But um, unfortunately, he seems like he's going to be leaving Boston pretty right. soon. Right. So Kyrie and Boston are basically done deal. So according to Jackie McMullen of ESPN, she corroborates this. She says that the Celtics and Kyrie are basically going to be over. There was a lot of issues with uh, Coach Brad Stevens and GM Danny Ainge, with Kyrie specifically. And according to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, he corroborates that there are poor relationships with the younger players, with like Terry Rozier and Jill Brown. And several fights occurred, and Danny Ainge really did not enjoy Kyrie Irving's presence, and it seems to be really eager to move on. So pretty much, Pekari in Boston will not be the move that occurs for free agency. In fact, if anything, if there's any move that's looking particularly likely right now, it would be the Brooklyn Nets. Exactly. I think that Brooklyn, it's... and. Kyrie, it's basically a done deal at this rate. It sucks for uh, their young point guard of their own right, D'Angelo Russell, but mm-hmm. it seems like the Nets have lasered in on Kyrie. They have the space, and it looks like Kyrie wants to go there. And it's right. a done deal. Right, and so Zach Lowe of ESPN confirms this too. He says that the Nets are easy to front runner. If free agency starts tomorrow, the Nets are more than prepared to make an offer for Kyrie's services because according to Kyrie and D'Angelo's, potentials right now Kyrie has been the more consistent player he has been playing better basketball and his style of play many predict fits better into Kenny Atkinson's system versus D'Angelo Russell because Russell tends to be playing more of a shooting type of guy Mm -hmm. he needs the ball more not as efficient as Kyrie so between the two they are going to go for Kyrie Irving and Rick Butcher of Butcher Report confirms and even says that Irving and Durant have talked previously twice actually in the past month about potentially teaming up, but that's later conversation. We're gonna get into Katie very soon. And yeah, Kyrie in Brooklyn is looking at the current move right now, and that's what most people are predicting. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense, honestly, because I felt like Kyrie always wanted to be the man around his team. He wants to be the star, the marketable guy, the leader, even though he hasn't really shown it lately. We can mm-hmm. get into that later. But basically, New York is a perfect place for him. Brooklyn is uh, not, the premier team in New York, but it's the more successful team right now, and right. they need a superstar, they need a leader, a franchise kind of guy, and Kyrie can possibly be that guy. Uh, there's obviously been reports about the Lakers are, um, potentially trying to chase after Kyrie, but it doesn't seem like they're the first option for him right now, and right. it doesn't seem very likely. They aren't the first option, but if they don't, if Kyrie and the Nets aren't a thing, don't be surprised if Kyrie signs on to join LeBron and AD. There are rumblings about that. David Aldridge of The Athletic confirms this. Even Woj of ESPN talks about this too. The Lakers have traded Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and Jeremy o. Jones to the Washington Wizards. And that gives them $32 million of cap space. And so that gives them the space to basically add any person to basically be their third back guy. So, but the potential for the Lakers to add on a free agent is there. Kyrie could possibly be one of those options. Exactly. And we're going to go over to two other deals that are pretty much almost locked at this rate. Kemba Walker, former point guard for the Charlotte Hornets, he will most likely be moving to Boston 
on by Sunday afternoon, Kemba will co- probably commit to four years, $141 million from Boston when free agency opens. That's a good replacement for Kyrie Irving, albeit slightly lesser, but it would probably be a good fit. And Klay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors will be returning, most likely to who? Golden State, and open up the Chase Center. He will be offered the five-year, $190 million max contract that he can pursue in free agency and that would be a good fit they reunite the splash brothers all as well that ends well right and to add some commentary on the previous two deals the thing with Kemba was that the Charlotte Hornets were basically between a rock and a hard place they either could commit basically 200 million dollars or more to basically keep a team around Kemba that's barely seen any success or just choose to go for a complete rebuild and they basically knew this and they gave an offer of 160 million dollars to Kemba, which is $61 million less than the Supermax offer that they could have offered. But the problem is that as Kemba Walker ages, he's only 29 years old, and this game was completely predicated on his athleticism and his speed. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a problem over time, and so Charlotte decides to basically nuke the current team and start a rebuild. So it makes sense. Ky- Kyrie's basically leaving Boston, and Kemba Walker is at best a sideweight. Kemba is not as good defensively. Mm-hmm. Kyrie isn't a great defensive player too, but Kemba's two years older than Kyrie Irving right now, and Kemba Walker, as many other people say, he's a great locker room presence, he's a great leader, he's a very good guy that they, the Celtics would like to be around, which is the complete opposite of Kyrie, so it works in that respect as well. And as for Clay, you know, Clay's a splash brother, the Warriors are completely indebted to what Steph and Clay have done, and it's basically their priority to keep the team around them no matter what. So it's obviously making sense on both sides of that spectrum. Exactly. And honestly, I think that Kemba being offered the Supermax, it would have been a mistake. I right. think it would have been a poison pill contract. They'd be mocked for it later on when Kemba's like 32 or something, and then he's not very good. He's declining. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually a good move by Michael Jordan and the Charlotte franchise. It's just a hard pill to swallow that they're going to have to start over and rebuild. Right. So now we're going to go to the odd man out of this Brooklyn Nets equation, D'Angelo Russell. He is most likely going to be replaced by Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Where do you see him going? Right. So if Kyrie doesn't end up in Brooklyn, don't expect the Nets to not pursue D'Angelo Russell. In fact, according to Shams Tronia of The Athletic, they already sent him a qualifying offer, making him a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So basically, they can match any sort of deal that has been put on the table by other teams. And yeah, once again, they have to choose between Kyrie and D'Lo. D'Lo will be the second tier offer. Kyrie and Durant, that's going to be the thing that they're targeting towards as a franchise. But that obviously is in the equation as well. Don't expect that the Nets are completely out of their Russell uh, type of deals. But if there's any suitor that has emerged, it would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. In fact, according to Darren Wilson of KSTP, uh, D'Lo and Cat are very good friends. Hmm. They've been in contact for a really long time. And in fact, the Wolves attempted to trade Andrew Wiggins yeah, that's for not a nice Andrew thing. Russell. I think right now, I, I don't know if Minnesota's over the cap or under it, but they would definitely have to get rid of that Wiggins contract. That's an albatross of a contract right there in order to try and get D'Angelo Russell to fit, make the team affordable, and probably better, honestly. Wow. Um, Wiggins is not very good right now. He, there's a lot of like, questions about his effort right now, and I think D'Lo would be an instant upgrade for whatever they have at point guard. I definitely. think it's Jeff Teague right now. So. He adds more scoring. He adds more versatility off the ball and on the ball. 
Andrew Wiggins, his effort and some order have been questioned. Exactly. It's been five or six years since he's been drafted in the league at this point. What you see is kind of what you get. And unfortunately, he definitely is not worth the money. But even though they may not be able to get rid of Wiggins' contract, the Wolves are still very desperate and focused on trying to get D'Lo. In fact, tomorrow he's meeting with the Timberwolves to meet with President of Basketball Operations Gerson Rosas, Coach Ryan Saunders, and also Cat will be there as well, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo. That's good, that's good. I honestly think that would be a nice fit. It'd be interesting and it would make the team, dare say, spooky. But <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers, honestly, because I think that the Lakers' possibility of landing Russell, it could be an option. As long as Minnesota doesn't close, I think that Los Angeles has the ability to pursue Russell. They certainly have the cap space for it. And because D'Angelo Russell is so young, he can't command the same max deal that, say, a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant would be able to in free agency. He would only command around like $25 million, I believe. So it would still give the Lakers enough money to probably pursue another starter, perhaps a shooter, in free agency, as well as sign a possible superstar. I'm not a superstar, but like a star to pair up with LeBron and AD, make right. that big three, and still complete the team out. It would be very interesting to see D'Angelo return to the Lakers. I really hope he does, honestly. Especially after the saga that he had with Nick Young and everything. Yeah, imagine if he's every homecoming for them. Imagine if he records LeBron saying that kind of stuff. <laughs> that would be that I would make a lot worse. That would be I don't think the media would survive more than twenty four hours. Honestly, it'd be destroyed. But definitely, I think the Lakers are exploring the possibility of signing D'Lo. He probably wouldn't command the max or would be willing to take a bit less than the max, mm-hmm. given that that means that there's more salary cap space for more people to potentially join, like, you know, getting better shooters, as you mentioned before, exactly. and also just building a better team around him. And that's definitely a possibility that one can consider besides the T-Wolves right now. Basically, the T-Wolves are the strongest seater right there, mm-hmm. but... The Lakers aren't too far behind. That's so definitely what, a backup option. So what would you say? Who do you predict in your guess? Um, so it's obviously contingent on Kyrie. And this goes back to everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how the first few pieces of the cookie crumbles, then everything else will follow suit. So I can really answer in both two dichotomous ways. If either Kyrie stays with Brooklyn or doesn't, obviously if he doesn't like choose Brooklyn, I think D'Lo comes back. But if he does, then... I think the T-Wolves at this point look desperate enough to try and make a deal for him work. Okay, I think that Kyrie will go to Brooklyn, and I think that if he does, D'Lo will choose between the Lakers and the Timberwolves. If Minnesota can't offload that Wiggins contract, they're going to be too cheap and they won't sign him. And I think D'Lo goes to the Lakers then. But I say 50-50. 50 Minnesota, 50 LA. That's right. what I'm going to say right now. Um, so, big, big free agent next. The Superstar... Kawhi Leonard, he has been talking about his free agency destination for about a year now, ever since he demanded out of San Antonio. He's had a year on that contract, and he was traded to Toronto in an attempt to try and convince him to stay. Toronto has gone on a magnificent run and, in fact, are now the NBA champions. And Kawhi is basically the savior of that city, nay, the country at that rate. He's been offered airline deals, a private trip to the Bahamas everything that he could ever want he's the star he's the big name in there but still la calls apparently uh what can you tell us about that yeah sure so the first piece of note news that one should note is that the Lakers are a really really strong possibility to land Kawhi. actually according to kendrick perkins former nba player who's very close to kevin durant and mark steen of the new york times 
the Lakers are very, very aggressive in their pursuit of Kawhi Leonard in free agency. And Brad Turner corroborates this of the LA Times. He says that actually tomorrow, Kawhi's people, aka Uncle Dennis and his camp, <laughs> will be meeting with the president of basketball ops Magic Johnson and Jeannie Buss when free agency begins. And Tanya Gongoli of LA Times says that LeBron and AD individually are going to try and meet with Kawhi very soon, as soon as next week. To try and get a deal going, LeBron's desperately trying to get Kawhi, and reports are indicating that they're going to be focusing on how good of a teammate LeBron is, and hopefully that will be enough for him to try and come to the Lakers. That would be crazy, honestly, and I would hate... Do you know, everyone complaining about a super team, about the Warriors and the Heat, you don't understand how bad it can get if LA gets LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, none of them drafted, none of them were there for at most one or two years with LA so far. They all demanded to go to LA basically. They chose LA and LA didn't have to do anything to do to get them except it's LA. It's the Lakers. <laughs> this it would be yeah. ridiculous. Both and not only is it just like, okay, yeah, Kevin Durant joined the seventy three and nine team or LeBron joined teamed up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. You're talking about like three of the top Seven players, I'd say, in the NBA. Probably three of the top five, honestly. Kawhi, LeBron, and AD. Those are superstar generational type players. Uh, Two out of three of them are the franchise that they've taken two franchises to championships already. One is a generational talent and the number one overall pick. Best prospect since LeBron James. Exactly. (laughs) This would be, like, catastrophic. It would be a super team of super teams. It would be a god-tier team, basically. It would honestly be... Dare I say it, a better team than the Warriors were yeah, at the peak. Exactly. This they team was absolutely insane. They could sign me through. at point guard and they would still probably win the championship at this point. Because look at that. It's just ridiculous. And anyone who thinks that this is not worse than Katie joining the Warriors or LeBron joining the Heat is ridiculous. It's completely mistaken. And I really hope Kawhi doesn't do it because I'm sorry, I don't want to root against him. <laughs> but it, the possibility is there. But you know, the Lakers aren't the only team that wants Kawhi. Exactly. There's a lot of other teams that want him too. Exactly. One of which being the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The Clippers and the and Kawhi, it's basically it's basically had been like a one sided love so far. Mm-hmm. You know, according to Brian Windhorse of ESPN, you know, the Clippers have been basically in love with Kawhi for a long time. Uh, at seventy five percent of Raptors games, you will actually find a Clippers employee over Yeah, there. that's it that's like semi tampering honestly. Like I can't believe that's not tampering honestly. I guess they're not tampering. Doc Rivers compared Kawhi to being the most like MJ in the playoffs and was recently fined by Adam Silver for basically tampering comments. Well, I don't get that one, but uh, I guess that's like, I guess he can't be complimentary of his game if he's a free agent. Like, I can't, yeah. like, the Knicks can't compliment Kevin The semantics Ray. of that can be easily argued, but truth being, the Clippers are obviously very, very interested in landing Kawhi because really, who wouldn't? Yeah. But in fact, if there's any bombshell y'all should take into account, it's this by Woj and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, which basically says that Kawhi and Kevin Durant have been discussing free agent scenarios that have both of them playing together for the same team. And there are only two teams that have those max spots, one of them being the Clippers and the other being the New York Knicks. That'd be interesting. Honestly, I don't see it happening. And it's not because I don't see KD partnering up with Kawhi. I don't see Kawhi partnering up with anybody. That's why I don't see the Lakers rumors happening. Because 
when we had the rumors and the reports of Kawhi wanting to go to Los Angeles, it was before LeBron even went there. It's because I think Kawhi wants to be the man. He wants to have the brand. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the face of the franchise, the savior. I think he's loving that right now in Toronto. You could argue he's already he done it, though. Yeah, he wants to He's already been life. the savior yeah. of an entire nation, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, but I think he wants that still. He wants to still get that brand well, and I think Uncle Dennis wants that to be fair it's hard to know what Kawhi wants the man is truly an enigma but from what I can tell he's definitely very focused on being close to his family mm-hmm. and his relatives in SoCal he's from San Diego originally yeah grew up around Compton you know he's been there mostly his entire life went to school at San Diego State so don't expect the homecoming to be out of the table. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah. And the Clippers and the Lakers could potentially be one of the two teams that end up. Yeah, but let's talk about Toronto real quick. Because I want to just say, they're going to meet with Ta- Kawhi last. And usually you see that happen. The incumbent team who has them usually gets to um, talk to them for right, one last to pitch. Last. It didn't work for Kevin Durant, but it will... Possibly could work for Kawhi Leonard. It worked for Paul George in OKC. Russell Westbrook was able to convince him to stay on for a couple more years. And that's exactly what Masai Ujiri wanted when he traded for Kawhi. Instead of just making the gamble, okay, let's win, try to win one championship. And if not, let's try and convince Kawhi to stay. And if, not, if that doesn't happen, maybe we rebuild. But at the same time, we've got a championship caliber team. They can sell that to Kawhi. We've won a championship. We still have all the pieces. We can do it again. You're still the guy here. Canada right. loves you and will always love you. Even if you leave right now, they will love you. And it basically, like, you can convince him right now. And they, ha- Kawhi has been able to share experiences with the entire teammates. It's not like he can just talk to LeBron for an hour and it would be the same kind of experiences like eating stuff with Serge Ibaka on his YouTube channel, right? right. It's, not, it's not the same thing. So he knows his teammates. Whether or not that influences decision mm-hmm. or not. How it's a good point to bring up, you know, Toronto's yeah. fully embraced Kawhi. Kawhi's been absolutely everything to them. You see, like, small things like the Kawhi and Dine initiative, <laughs> where free restaurants yeah. basically offer free meals exactly. forever for his time in Toronto. He really has done a lot for them. And, you know, Danny Green himself said that it'd be really hard for Kawhi to leave Toronto, especially after everything he's done. And there are some rumblings that are out there that suggest that Kawhi sign on for maybe one to two more years. That's what I was exactly And that's a possibility about, yeah. that I wouldn't rule out completely. Everyone else on the team is basically re-up for another year. Mm-hmm. You know, Van on his second year of his three-year contract upcoming soon. You know, Marcus Solo is signed on his qualifying offer. Danny Green is looking to stay. And everything else in the core will remain the same. You still have Lowry and you're still going to have Siakam too. It would allow Toronto to not, and it would not only allow Kawhi to opt out and be able to get a bigger payday, even when he's like thirty-one. So then it can extend to maybe like thirty-six, right? Instead yeah. of just thirty-four, then he would be able to get a bigger max deal when he's older and get more financial security. But at the same time, it also allows Toronto to continue to accumulate more years, offering more money later on. It's just financially secure, and but the only risk of that is Kawhi's health right now because we know that quad there's some kind of issue with it it's rapidly like it's a degenerative kind of issue right now mm-hmm. and that would be a huge risk for Kawhi maybe he wants to just lock up right now make get his money so he doesn't have to worry at all right. about how he performs in two years time 
Okay, so where do you think Kawhi is gonna go then? Let's give me the odds right here. Yeah, so I think that with Kawhi right now, it's most likely looking to be with Toronto, and the reason I say that is because of the legacy that's left over there and the possibility for him to want more. I do think that he does like feel some sort of affinity mm-hmm. for Toronto. I can't tell it possibly, but there are some sort of rumors that have been going around saying that the Toronto Raptors. Their front office is extremely confident on resetting Kawhi, and the fact that the meeting is last only confirms to show that he really is serious about what Toronto has to offer and isn't ruling them out at all. Because from what it seems, he even said that Toronto was probably the best year of his life, career-wise. He had a great time playing basketball. You saw the way he played; he was exactly. absolutely amazing, and he will be the man over there. He has the love and adoration of an entire nation, and. He can get his money from Toronto if he chooses, so why not embrace it? Exactly, and I agree with you. I think he signs with Toronto. I think it's not exactly what Toronto wants, though. He signs back with Toronto, but with a pause. He's only going to sign for two years, three-year deal, two years, and a player option on the third deal, just in case. Mm-hmm. And I think he opts out later, and he might be able to get more money from either Toronto or LA if he still so chooses. Because I I see t- Kawhi, I think he loves Toronto. I think he's able to be the face of the franchise there. The guy, mm-hmm. his name and jersey will be up in the rafters there, yeah. and he wants to continue that. At least just give it at least another year. Definitely. And he doesn't want to go through that free agency process next year. So he's gonna do it for two years, be financially secure, be able to enter again with some of his prime still left in him. Yeah, and let's close out Kawhi with just saying his first year they won a championship. Imagine if they kept this going. I mean, it's too early to say this, right? But if they really do keep up this level of play consistently in the East, they are definitely going to be a powerhouse at least, and they could be a dynasty like LeBron's uh, Cavs. You know, look, he's the king of the East right now. No one's going to be able to challenge him. Maybe Giannis is the best chance, but right now he's the king. Kawhi's the, the guy in the East and the entire NBA. Speaking of another marquee guy, though, let's talk about. The heart of free agency, honestly, and the that is biggest Kevin name. Durant. Yeah, the biggest free agent, probably one of the top three players in the NBA right now. Um, even though he's torn his Achilles, regrettably in Game Five of the NBA Finals, he is still getting max offers. Obviously, from teams like the Clippers and the Knicks, but also the Nets and the Warriors. All four of them are going to meet with Kevin Durant in New York, um, starting Sunday afternoon, and. Um, I mean, we really don't know a lot about Kevin Durant's free agency. He's kept it kind of mum, and he said he'll decide on July 1st. So, like, he'll start actually considering officer on July 1st. Do you think that he has any, you have any reason to doubt him? Well, to answer the first question about the doubt, I do believe that with Kevin Durant, he's a very mercurial type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, executives and anonymous reporters have said, that KD is the type of guy to change his mind 15 times before making a final decision. Yeah. In fact, when he first joined the Warriors and released the Hardest Road report, report like the article, on the, on the Players' Tribune, he actually called his agent one night at 2 a.m. and screamed at him for saying, why did he let me take this? Because he thought that going to the Warriors would completely ruin his legacy and his career. So, Kevin Durant is definitely someone that will probably take some time to get acclimated to this decision. I don't know if it will be by July 1st because that's coming up really, really quickly. Yeah. But if there is one type 
of decision that will keep him in. It will be for the money. Because in a previous interview with Chris Haynes of Yahoo, Katie said that he's looking to maximize the amount of money he's going to get. And there isn't a better team for that situation to get as much money as possible than the Warriors. Because according to Mark Steen of New York Times, they are going to be offering him five years, $221 million. And that's going to be $57 million more than any other team could potentially offer. Exactly. The thing is, though, I'm, I'm not going to doubt you on that because mm-hmm. I think that would be a driving factor for me. It's $221 million. Everyone else is around $100 million, But you're talking about $200 million. That's, a, that's close to a quarter of a million right there. Right there. But a billion right there. Right. If we're talking about that. And I, I want to say, yeah, I would choose the money too. And Kevin Durant might be that kind of guy that chooses the money. But at the same time, we've talked about this three years ago, honestly, because that was the last time Kevin Durant made his big free agency decision. Mm-hmm. OKC wouldn't be able to offer him a huge amount of money, too. This was yeah. before the Supermax, and the Supermax was actually created in order to get KD like free agents to stay with their own team. With small market teams, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, now KD had that extra money being able to go forward, but he still chose the Warriors. Why? Right. Because I think it was because of legacy. I think the Warriors, in their meeting, they pitched to him. And I think Bob Myers said it to him. Like, we might win a couple rings without you. You might win a couple rings without us. But together, we're going to win all of them, right? Yeah. And it's that same thing. Jerry West called him on the phone and he said something about legacy, right? I went into the NBA and I lost so many finals. I cannot tell you how much regret I feel about that. Don't feel that same type of regret, Kevin. And Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors because he thought it would improve his legacy. The hardest road, I don't believe, but it <laughs> would be able to cement his legacy as one of the greatest players of all time. And we already are talking to him about that. He's a champion now. He's carried those finals MVPs. And now people are saying, what if the Warriors could have three-peated? It was only because of Kevin Durant, right? right. We could have three-peated if it was for Durant. Now he's getting that legacy talk. The thing is... The Warriors still stand to be the best path for him to win. It might be harder now because the team is a lot more old. Is a lot old. It's getting now. older for sure. And it's like and both Kevin and Durant start to pile up. Yeah, they're gonna get hurt. They got hurt, and they won't be back for a year at least. So it's gonna take a little bit. It's a little bit harder than what Kevin Durant was uh, gonna be at before, but it's still the best chance for him to probably win a championship. Right. But at the same time, the other teams that the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Nets, they also stand a chance to give him another boost of legacy, right? Mm-hmm. He could stand to be like, hmm, what am I thinking here? I uh, I could single-handedly carry one of these s- terrible teams, right? Two of which have never won a championship ever. And if I could win the championship with them, my legacy is through the roof. I am probably one of the greatest players of all time, no question. Right. That's what's going to be going for me. And maybe the Kyrie Irving kind of decision is helping him a little bit. And I think that's the only reason why the Nets are even in consideration. Because right. now it's shifted from the Knicks to the Nets solely because Kyrie has shifted from the Knicks to the Nets. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kyrie, yes, playing with Kyrie might be fun, might also be kind of grating. But at the same time, he provides a superstar kind of talent that would help him be able to carry that hype. But he's not clearly the leader. It right. would probably be Kevin. So... Uh, the same time, it's all about legacy, I think, for Kevin Durant. I think the money is a big issue and a big factor involved in this. Yeah. But I think legacy is what's going to matter. And 
whoever is able to give him the clearest picture of what his legacy would be like with that team for the next five or four or the five years, mm-hmm. that is the one who's going to get him. Let's be clear on one thing, though. If KD goes anywhere other than the Warriors, it won't be by himself. Exactly. If he goes to the Clippers and the Knicks, those talks about Kawhi potentially joining him too could potentially be in play. Because if your second best player on the Knicks is RJ Barrett, I'm sorry. Or Mitchell Robinson even. I'm You'd sorry. be crazy. That's, you're not going to win anytime soon. You'll make it to the East because KD is KD. Sure, he will probably win you a series single-handedly. Maybe even two, depending on how hot he is on that given yeah. day. But that's not going to be a championship team no matter what. Exactly. And the Clippers too, they have a good core as well. But like I said, you need stars to team up and join teams in this era of basketball. Ever since the Heat done it and the Heatles era began, it's basically been the norm. You can either build them organically like the Warriors did, mm-hmm. or you can basically just, you know, build a team through trades and just having the marquee of being, you know, a great geographical location, yeah. a la the Lakers. Yeah. So, going back to that, if there's any decision that KD will make, I choose to believe that it's going to be based on his legacy, like you said before, mm-hmm. and the potential to make as much money as possible. You know, whether or not the, basically, the balance and the ratio between those two, that's an individual personal decision that he can only make in being like, the indecisive person he kind of is he will kind of go teetered back and forth between that but based on all indications of previous rumblings i am going to predict right now that he resigns at golden state because according to Woj of espn once again there hasn't been a breakdown in trust between katie and the warriors over the achilles injury you know i believe he values the money and the investments he's made in silicon valley mm-hmm. um he invested a lot of money in companies from here already. He has a lot of vested interests and stuff. And, you know, he wants to set up himself for, up for a career afterwards, in the in, after the NBA. And I think the Warriors are, about, are the best launching spot for him to do that. And I agree with you. I think he comes back to Golden State, even though my bias be damned. I think that he loves it here. I think he has the best possibility of winning more championships here. And he gets the most money here. It's the ideal situation. The only way that he doesn't come here is because of legacy. It's because of what he doesn't, what he thinks of what other people think of him. Right. And we know that is a factor, and he does kind of think about that. But at the same time, hopefully, he understands that, you know what, people are actually starting to show sympathy towards Durant and the Warriors ever since um, the Achilles injury. The three-peat didn't happen. It's unfinished business. He has a chance to still define his legacy in Golden State. I think he gets the max, obviously, two year, five years, $221 million, a lot of cash. He retires a warrior. Right. His, rap, his, his, his jersey's going to be in the rafters no matter what. There's going to be statues of him outside Chase Center no matter what at this point. And that's a but hell of a legacy. $57 million is really hard to turn down. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that if he would leave in the past, it would be because he people thought he didn't carry a team, but based on the way his injury went down, and the Achilles, I think that he's a bit more secure in how people view him. And I think that's a good option moving forward. Okay, so let's just talk quickly about Jimmy Butler. And there hasn't been actually a lot of traction with him with a lot of other teams. And that's surprising because I actually think he's one of the best um, two-way players in the league, honestly. And he's a star. Right. Um, there are three teams that are in consideration for him. Two teams really in particular that are really like getting the rumor mill on them. It's the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, 
Houston has no money. <laughs> they don't have any money. They're in. They're get about to get border into the luxury tax, and they're paying Chris Paul a poison pill contract, forty million dollars a year. Crazy, but whatever. You have to keep him. So they're trying to shop around Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, PJ Tucker in order to create salary cap space. The only way they're gonna sign him is do a signing trade. Philly has to sign him and then trade him, right. and then Houston would have to send back a, the equivalent of the max in terms of player contracts to Philly or other teams in the three-team trade. And if there's another team involved in that process, it would definitely be the Miami Heat. You know, Jimmy Butler's been linked with that team for a really long time. Yeah. In fact, um, when he first made the ruckus in Minnesota to begin the year, when he had an interview with Rachel Nichols, he even told her behind the scenes that he would see her when he goes to Miami. <laughs> so he's That's been linked with that franchise for a really long time. And it's a really good fit for him because Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat they're both very gritty style teams. They have like a lot of demands and a lot of pressures that they put on every single player. And it's a very genuine fit between them. And Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press reports that Miami is very interested in making a sign and trade offer. And in fact, Woj reports that they're meeting actually tomorrow to discuss a potential trade that could happen wow. in the max contract. I, the only thing is, yeah, if Jimmy doesn't think that he's able to win in Minnesota, is gonna hate not being able to win in Miami. I don't see him being able to win in Miami. But that's just me, honestly. But yeah. he could go and join Miami. But I think the most likely destination is back home, Philly. Um, he wants he, the max contract. And yeah. Philly can give five years for ninety million. Mm-hmm. No question about that. He said repeatedly that he wants a max contract no matter where he goes, and that is something really big to consider. And the Sixers are at a really tough pace right now. Because they have to choose between Butler and Harris, or maybe even both. But one ninety million dollars, no matter what, is very hard to commit to. And you have to consider they have to give out extensions to Simmons and Embiid pretty soon. And let's not forget about the sunk cost fallacy right now. They've already given up a lot of stuff for both Butler and Harris right now. And let's just include Harris into this conversation with the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Because they gave up Covington and I believe uh, Dario Sarge for Jimmy Butler. And then they gave up Shamit and a couple first round picks I think for Tobias Harris. They did. So, and it was all to gamble on this one season apparently because both of them only had one year left on their contracts and now both of them are gonna be free agents. They own their bird rights, which is a good thing. And again, just like with Leonard in Toronto, They've already been able to play. They've given them a chance to play with these players. The thing is, also, you've seen already, this, Jimmy Butler knows that if he, Kawhi Leonard's ball, Havasi ball, it just bounced out instead of in, they could be the champions. We don't know. We don't know. You never know. Yeah, so, honestly, I think that Philadelphia, they really want to keep Butler. And I think Butler has a chance to stay because he knows how much talent. If you get all the gang back together... That could be the most talented team to come out of the East, honestly. So I think that Jimmy Butler... And what do you think the 76ers actually do? So right now... Butler and Harris. Yeah. So right now, the Sixers haven't ruled out a sign-and-trade with both teams. Mm -hmm. In fact, if anything, between Harris and Butler, they lean slightly more towards Harris because Harris is a more competent off-ball type of player. Interesting. Butler is a very, very uh, headstrong type of guy who wants the ball in his hands a lot and tries to make plays by himself. He takes one of the most shots, has one of the highest usage rates during clutch time, yeah. and that could be something that can be Achilles' heel for the Sixers because they want to play a more ball-free movement type of style. That That's what Brett Brown's always been about. 
And in fact, according to Rick Bucher, once again, the Sixers are planning on offering him a max. And Bobby Marks of ESPN says that both sides are actually interested in signing a new contract. So between the two, this is for Tobias Harris. This is for Harris, exactly. So they want to be going towards Harris more specifically because Harris fits better into their timeline and their future can be a better shooter. They want to focus on shooting because obviously Simmons really can't do that and Embiid <sighs> should be playing out in the in the around the block or near the arc so much. Yeah, and what all you're saying may be pretty good because your reports are accurate. And if Philly leans in that direction, that might actually be the one that happens. Right. Maybe they choose Harris over Butler, or maybe they get both. I say that's a mistake, personally. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to shoot my shot right now and sure. offer up a hot take. Okay. If the 76ers don't re-sign Butler, it's a mistake, and they will not be able to reach their full potential with that core, because I don't think Harris is as good as Butler, first of all. I think Butler is veteran experience, and he had... When you saw the 76ers last year, in, in the 2018 playoffs... They looked out of control. They looked like they lost their composure against the Celtics. Even though the Celtics were around the same age as the 76 somehow they maintained that composure. They had that kind of veteran mentality. They didn't let the pressure get to them. Meanwhile, Embiid and Simmons spazzed out, and they weren't able... They weren't... I think they got swept, right? They, they won one game. Okay, they won one game. I think that was the first game, too. It was ridiculous. Simmons had a really good game that game, and I'm pretty sure ever since then, they just completely did not perform to expectations. And do you remember that overtime game where they had so many... I all Honestly, I remember that one overtime game in Philadelphia where they had so many chances to win, but they just kept on choking. Oh, I do. It was ridiculous. They need someone in there to have some kind of composure out there. To be able to take the ball and say, look, I got this. Mm -hmm. Stay out of the way. Let me do my job. And just deliver. Jimmy Butler did exactly that against Toronto in Game 7. Because Embiid again was spazzing now. And so was Simmons. And Jimmy Butler, Butler just said, them let me game. do this. I got this. When Kawhi Leonard missed that free throw, he drove right there. Did a fast break. Tied the game. And exactly. it caused Leonard to have to step up to the pressure. Right. Jimmy Butler is that kind of guy. I don't see Tobias Harris as that kind of guy. If they sign Harris over Butler, even though it might be a better fit for their team, and maybe it probably happens, it's not going to be good for them. I think they need Butler. But I think I agree. I, I want to say, because I'm just going to be me right here, I'm just going to predict. I'm mm -hmm. going to say they predict, um, they sign Butler and they get rid of Harris because I'm rooting for the 76ers. I really do. Mm -hmm. So if I think that's the best move for them, I think they're going to do it. But... <laughs> it could go the other way. I can definitely yeah. see that going the, the other way. The status quo right now is that the Sixers are open to trading and getting some pieces back for Butler with the Heat and the Rockets. But besides that, going on our point about Butler versus Harris, I do think that Harris was incredibly misused when he was in the Sixers. Yeah. And I think that is for the strengths that Jimmy Butler does have, I don't think that his style of play is very conducive to a ball movement type of thing. That's true. And I think having a good team composure and having everyone be able to touch the ball is the most important factor because you don't want to be a one-dimensional team. Butler is a great player, but he's not going to be the type of guy that's the best player on a championship team. I think I agree with you, actually. And there's only a few players that you can think of that can just go absolutely nuclear and you know carry a team on their, on their backs and that's basically like the top seven players of the league, you know, mm -hmm. AD, LeBron, Giannis, Harden, Steph, and KD, mm -hmm. right? So keep those in mind. 
I do think that as good as Harry Butler is as a player, I all of the t- talks about him not being a very good teammate in the past, and you know him being a very combative player with the coaches and the staff, those could parlay into some sort of factors because as much as his star- desire to win is very admirable and strong, it can be like a burst in supernova that creates destruction for both sides involved, and that's something that I do think is very important. Personally, for me. I value team stability, and I think the Sixers do too, because they gave up a lot to acquire these guys. You know, Covington and Sarich for Butler. Well, that was a good deal for the Sixers because Sarich is on the Suns right now. Covington has been injured for the entire year. I don't think they lose out as much. I think that they want to recoup on the Tobias Harris trade a lot more because they gave up a lot more yeah. assets. So I think they go for him personally. I think that's a good. That's a good bet, honestly. But I don't think Tobias Harris is really also that guy. Just had on yeah, he, he's not he's gonna not be the guy who's guy. gonna lead your franchise. I think they're betting on him beat to be that guy. But I won't. It's it's a hard bet to do. Not a lot of centers be, are able to really carry anyone. Yeah. But so let's talk for the final one. Uh, the mystery man Al Horford. There are reports that he declined an offer from the Celtics, even though at around 30 plus 8 years old and he's a grizzled veteran at this point I believe he it was a million right? wow yeah he had, already has an offer on the table from a mystery team yeah. which is really crazy he's probably our most enigmatic free agent one and no serious or interested teams that are closing in on him at all he, we don't even know what meetings he's been set up with all we have is that he followed Drew Holiday and uh, Zion Williamson on Instagram yeah. very recently. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, so he already has a four-year, $112 million offer on the table right now. It isn't the Mavericks, it isn't the Pelicans, though the Pelicans are really, really interested in him, but they, are, they have the fears that they will be outbidded, and that's according once again to Mark Stein of the New York Times. But what my guess of the city would be, it's probably going to be the Kings and the reason why is that the Kings are very, very keen on you know, taking poisonable contracts and giving large contracts to team to players that people value. For example, the offer sheet that they gave to Zach Levine, I think it was four years, $72 million. They did that, and the Bulls were forced to match it too. And I think that the that Horford is a really good fit with the Kings as well because they're a very young team. They like to play the, the ball fast. They like to pass the ball a lot too. And... Horford is definitely the type of guy that fits into that system. And James Hamm of NBC Sacramento confirms the interest is there. And Chris Mannix once again says that the Kings are going to be making a big offer to him tomorrow. So awesome. I think that that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, and I think you can't rule out Philly or the Clippers, honestly, in this. It's weird because Philadelphia is the like most ridiculous one because they have Embiid. Uh, they don't have a power forward, though. Maybe Al Horford would fit there. He's kind of now big... Yeah. It's weird because he used to be kind of a, like a forward, power forward he's center, like center, but now position. he is too big somehow for the power forward position. It would be an interesting fit there. I don't really see it. And LA, I think, would be a pot potential candidate because if they strike out on every single free agent, I think they would be able to settle for Al Horford for a couple of years. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think Sacramento would be a good fit because he would be that veteran presence to that very young team. He would be able to give them kind of that stability, just like with Jimmy Butler. He would give that kind of common presence 
Like an Iguodala to the Warriors, he would be able to just kind of be that veteran kind of guy, giving that experience, giving that knowledge. Yeah. And he'd just be telling them, okay, this is what we got to do. This is how we're going to make a playoff push for once in Sacramento Kings history. Mm-hmm. And uh, we maybe. And he has a lot of talent, obviously. Yeah, yeah intuitively, good. right? Because I was looking through all of the teams and I thought to myself, what makes the most sense in the timeline in the future? And the Kings really much stand up and play. They barely missed the playoffs, they had a great season last year. And this could easily be their year to make some noise in the playoffs and make some contention. And what better way to do it than to land a guy who's talented and has grizzled and smart about the game is Al Horford. And exactly. It's not the Kings are not really a premier free agency destination right now. But so went the Warriors like five years ago. And what they do, they hired a kind of guy like Iguodala. He was not exactly a star, but he was a very talented player. It helped them elevate their reputation both the culture there yeah and maybe how Horford could do the same for Sacramento or another young team like the Clippers or maybe even the Mavericks because yeah. they're a very young team but they got a lot of talent so maybe it could elevate if their possible. okay so that's it for all the top marquee free agents we have in mind right now free agency starts tomorrow and we're really much looking forward to it I'm gonna beat out Stephen A. Smith for all these projections since he obviously predicted everyone going to the Knicks <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be better than Stephen A. Smith right there so I'm calling you out bad alright um, we're gonna end it right here right. thanks for listening it's been a pleasure talking to y'all and we had a lot of fun making this podcast and preparing for it you know free agency is a great time we can't wait for what goes down and it really makes a lot of impact in the league for many, many seasons to come potentially, depending on how the contracts go. So to be able to make these predictions is really, really fun. But other than that, it's so underrated in how much of an impact what we're doing right now with the speculation can really drive the players and potentially make some sort of impact because as the media, you do have the power to do something like that. I love that we're a part of the media now. That's great. Um, We graduated. (laughs) Happy free agency, guys. Peace out. Take care. Thanks.